Dr. Brian McElderry is a holistic health and life coach, business mentor to health and wellness professionals, and doctor of pharmacy. After taking himself through his own mind and body transformation, Dr. McElderry was inspired to adopt a more holistic approach to helping others evolve into the best version of themselves. Since that time, he has impacted and helped over 100 clients through his holistic health coaching practice, Envision Health. The core premise of his work is to empower every person to take control of their mind, body, and life by investing in themselves so they're better able to serve their family, friends, spouses, businesses, and careers at the highest level. Okay, so welcome, Brian. And um, just tell us, as you introduce yourself, a little bit about your personal academic background, just a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Lena, for having me on this podcast. And when she launched it, guys, I was so excited because I love all the the name uh, in pursuit of, and I, I really value that because I feel like people are on a constant journey to find their purpose. And that is what I'm constantly on. And hopefully we can give you some value today. But to answer your question, um, my story started from I'm originally from Alabama, born and raised Birmingham, Alabama. So I'm a Southern boy. I went to Morehouse College and uh, matriculated to pharmacy school directly out of undergrad. Finished that mm-hmm. and got my doctorate in pharmacy. And um, now I'm here located in Dallas, Texas, running a holistic health and wellness company, uh, Envision Health, where we service uh, busy professionals, uh, busy men and women just anybody who is struggling to actually create a sustainable lifestyle because there's so much information out there on health, wellness, fitness. It's just the new craze now and people are just getting this overwhelm of information. And what we do is break it down simplistically so they can, um, anyone can kind of grasp hold and not have this restrictive lifestyle that uh, is so practiced and preached, I guess, in the industry. So um yeah, yeah, that's kind of my story in short, and I can dive a little bit deeper if you'd like. Yeah, well, that's good. I think we'll get into it. So you chose pharmacy. Was yeah. it that you felt like you already had a passion for a healthy lifestyle as a whole, and that led you to the pharmacy, or did you pick pharmacy and later mm. kind of develop it? Yeah, that's a great question. So this dives a little bit deeper. Um, so I didn't grow up with the healthiest lifestyle. Um, you know, being from Alabama. And when you're talking about choosing a career path, you know, guys, I'm 29. This is my last year, the 20s. So I'll be 30 in November. And, you know, a lot of people around our age in late 20s, early 30s, uh, millennial age, um, we grew up with minimal options as far as what success looked like, um, especially the African-American community. It was either a doctor, lawyer, um, you know, businessman or woman. Um, entrepreneurship was never really this thing. So for me, uh, I really liked science growing up. I was, you know, slightly a nerd and, uh, you know, I really loved uh, chemistry and biology and I loved, you know, just nature and things like that. So I was very intrigued when other people were like, how do you like these things? Like Everybody hated science, it seemed like, but I was like, how can I incorporate science with a career path? And, you know, I sat down with my parents and they were like, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I'm like, well, I guess I like science. So I guess I'll be a doctor. So that was kind of my, uh, in short, of how I got into deciding very early that I wanted to, you know, be a doctor per se, a physician, and we can kind of get into pharmacy and how that turned into pharmacy. Um, I hated, I went to a, uh, um, a summer camp, uh, like a summer enrichment program for aspiring physicians. I went to Georgetown University my junior year in high school. And um, from there, I just hated blood. I, I just, I, I, I didn't, I that didn't, did that, that did it. I, I didn't like the blood. I didn't like, you know, the extensiveness of how long the program was when they told me, yeah, you have this four years and then another four, and then two. And I'm like, well, I'll be like 35. When do I get to live life? And that's, that's yeah. where it hit me. Like what other route in healthcare and um, why not be the person, the drug expert? You know, who works as close as other than a nurse to the healthcare field and it's the pharmacist and we're most the accessible, most accessible healthcare professional, um, you know, out there um, in different arenas of, of, of pharmacy. 
So that's kind of how I got in short to, um, you know, pharmacy per se, um, and my decision making of how I got there. And I'm just going to tap in from a personal perspective because yeah. I attended pharmacy school for a time <laughs> yeah. and uh, chose another path. So, I, and I know for me, like you said, I liked science. I liked math. Mm-hmm. I was good at it. And it was a path for me that I thought, you know, as opposed to med school, which takes a long time, this yeah. is a, a shorter program. It's something that incorporates what I like, but then you can tell me if you feel this way, then you get into it and you're like, but this is not really for me in terms of promoting health and wellness. Mm -hmm. You get into it and you're like, this, this isn't what I thought it would be or should be. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, I I completely agree. And, you know, I think we can dive into that. um, It's how, where my shift happened to Uh going from pharmacy to, you know, more of a holistic wellness perspective, um, kind of more of a natural perspective, removing medication from uh, a treatment option or a preventative option. Um, yeah, it, it just didn't, everything looks glitz and glamorous when you are looking from the outside in. You see, you know, the dollar signs, you see this, this stable job, and I think that's mm-hmm. what attracts a lot of people and that there's pharmacies popping up everywhere or certain other jobs that you may, you know, any listeners that are on here may feel like that is stable, but when you get it, it's like, well, is this it? Like, this is what I was striving <laughs> yeah. for because yeah. a person that is truly passionate, especially in healthcare, you have to be when you're trying to help people, um, you know, with their, like stay alive essentially <laughs> and their, their whole uh, life revolves around their health. And, you know, if, things go out of whack, you are supposed to be there. And the people that truly care, um, you know, and don't feel like they are able to fulfill that uh, to the fullest potential, that's when questions start to arise. That's when, you know, their happiness starts to dwindle a little bit. They start to question their decisions. And that's, for me, uh, what happened um, when I got into kind of the practice and I got in after I finished pharmacy school and even before that, like, I think on my rotations, um, I started mm-hmm. to just see exactly what this was, and I didn't feel like there were so many issues with our healthcare system, as people already know. So, yeah. And yeah, and me, I'm still in the healthcare system. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely feel that way too. Um, like, just there's there's so much that we do wrong when we're mm-hmm. talking about health and being healthy. So I, I definitely understand that. Also, Though, you know, I took another path and I'm still in healthcare. Um, and like you said earlier, we have such a kind of one-sided view of what being healthy looks like and what we have to do to achieve health. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, yeah. And so, I, of course, our generation is kind of breaking down that wall and we're understanding that it looks differently. But um, when you're in the practice of it, you don't <laughs> get that. Nope. Nope. Yeah. So where okay, you mentioned that you kind of began to feel that way while you were in your program, mm-hmm. what was the turning point when you were like, I am going to use this PharmD as a bridge mm-hmm. to do more and do what I'm passionate about? Yeah. Um, so my favorite rotation, first of all, and if you guys don't know, rotations are your final year of um, either healthcare, any healthcare professional where you're actually in the practice of it. So I was you know, on rotations in different settings of pharmacy, and I had eight of them. So my favorite setting was the clinic setting, which was, you know, you go to your local clinic. This was in a downtrodden, um, you know, area of St. Louis where people were on Medicaid, people were coming in with, you know, a lot of chronic disease state problems. And for me, a positive, that's where I felt I could touch people the most. And it was, to me, a realization even deeper that, those people, I was always counseling them on lifestyle changes and nutrition. Mm -hmm. And because I had transformed my own body and been very knowledgeable about it, um, you know, through my pharmacy school matriculation, I actually, you know, guys, I forgot that piece of my story. I transformed my own body, um, you know, started on my health journey, uh, completely changed my my lifestyle, learned about nutrition um, on my own, And, you know, from then I just began to get a bunch of questions from peers, from colleagues, from, you know, everyone about how did you do this? And that translated into uh, my, uh, you know, rotational studies. 
So that was my pivot point when I saw how much I could impact somebody by just talking to them and see what else is going on in their life. You know, they come in and they have all these different things going on, right? And I think that's where a healthcare professional can break that down and say, okay, why aren't your numbers where they are supposed to be? Why aren't you doing the things that you're supposed to be doing? People know what to do, right? But if you're able to touch somebody on a deeper level and say, hey, you know, how's, how's home? And when right. that person opens up to you and says, well, you know, my wife is struggling and I'm having to, that's a stressor. So they're not thinking mm-hmm. about, so you need to dive deep. And that's what I do now is dive deeper into what is the root problem so we can actually get to the surface and say, okay, well, now we can fix this health, nutrition, lifestyle changes, because now I know what the actual problem is, right? So that right. was my, my, my breaking point to where I saw light of how I could use this um, to make a bridge and say, okay, I have this nutrition knowledge and lifestyle knowledge and, you know, kind of life coaching um, ability. And then I have this immense amount of healthcare knowledge, drug knowledge to say, okay, I know both sides now. And I'm trying to bridge and get people to realize, hey, let's slowly, gradually go over to this other, you know, promised land per se. And Mm -hmm. um, that was my, my turning point for me. Okay. And when you said you went through your own lifestyle Mm -hmm. health transformation, what age were you when you did that? Yeah, great question. Um, So for me, I was always an athlete growing up. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I played football and I actually went to college on golf scholarship and most people were like, what? (laughs) Um, Yeah, uh, (laughs) my dad was a corporate man and, you know, he got us into golf and, um, you know, long story short, uh, you know, I ended up in pharmacy school and I just didn't feel like I was going to be the epitome of a healthcare professional. I didn't look the part. I didn't act the part. I didn't. Someone looked at me. Would they see, Okay, he looks healthy. Like I want what is he doing? You know, Mm -hmm. and. Um, age wise for me, that was at 23. So graduated college at 22, uh, 23 was when I started to make those shifts, um, in my first or second year in pharmacy school. So by 25, I kind of had done my first, you know, men's physique bodybuilding show to test myself. I'd coached myself and it was, it was just a different arena to where I found out, Hey, like you came from. Birmingham, Alabama, where the health disparity is probably one of the worst in the nation. You, you came from, you know, a, a golf background slash football background, and now you're on this, you know, completely different stage, and it's all mental. And I use those different, you know, points in my life now to, you know, tell people how they can pivot, and they can really truly do anything that they want. Um, and everything's the same process as far as laying it out and what you want. So, which, yeah, which makes you a great coach because you, you're like, I literally did it. Yeah. Exactly. You know, in, in the midst of life going on, like in the midst of college and stressors mm-hmm. and everything. So you're able to, I would think, connect with your clients because those are the same mm-hmm. things we all are experiencing and we're viewing as barriers. I can't exactly. do it because I don't have time or. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. And, so how did you get to Dallas? Yeah, what made so, you choose Dallas or <laughs> how did that work? Yeah, so I can get a little personal on this podcast and I think people okay. need to hear that. Um, you know, a woman brought me here. Um, okay. Yeah, a woman brought me here. Uh, this was my college sweetheart and um, fortunately no longer together, but, um, you know, she brought me here. Um, and she moved here from St. Louis and I, you know, essentially followed suit and, you know, it's just amazing how God positions you in certain arenas. And um, now I've just been able to pivot and, and kind of move in different directions and meet so many different people like yourself and, you know, other people around Dallas and go to different events. And it's just amazing how these different situations and how people kind of guide, guide you along mm-hmm. with different people so he can position you in other arenas too. So, um, but yeah, that's how I got to Dallas. So would Dallas have been on your radar if, you know, you didn't come mm. here for the, for the person you were dating at the time? Yeah. Um, to be honest with you, I don't believe so. I think in the back of my head, Dallas was always this place 
you know, five or six years ago where people said, come to Texas, it's thriving. You know, that's the uh -huh. only kind of idea I had about Texas. And then I had this idea of like, it's just a bunch of cowboys and desert. And, uh, you know, that was my um, idea of Texas. So for me personally, I probably honestly would go back to the South. So maybe I've gone back to Atlanta. I didn't necessarily, I knew I wasn't going back to Alabama. I knew that. Um, mm -hmm. But Atlanta was kind of on my radar going back there, but it's just amazing how, you know, things end up the way they do. So now and, you will never, and you'll never know that they're going like, while you're in the journey, you don't, you can't yeah. see it. You can't, <laughs> so, you can't. Nope. Um, and so it's a personal question since yeah. I'm a native St. Louis and I have to ask, mm -hmm. did you like St. Louis? I did not. Um, <laughs> I would say, say I'm sir, but yeah, okay. <laughs> I would say I, I love the people and uh -huh. I definitely have so many connections and so many, I would call them lifelong friends um, that I met up there, you know, not only mm -hmm. in my pharmacy, um, you know, pharmacy school, alma mater, but um, you know, just people I'd met and, and networked with up there. I think the people are very genuine. I think the city in certain areas, it's one of the most segregated cities I've ever been in. I was up there during Ferguson. It is, um, it is. You know, and I did not know that. Um, so mm -hmm. it was, again, I'm, I look back on these situations and I'm just like, okay, what, what is this particular time in my life telling me to allow me to evolve and allow me to, you know, put it in, in a piece of my, my story? And I think that's what I've learned so far is just to listen. You know, it might not be your favorite time at, the, at that particular time, but when you can look back and, and just say, okay, what can I learn out of this? Mm -hmm. you know, what, what, what was that? And I would say that St. Louis definitely has the most, some of the most genuine people that I have met um, that I kept in my circle, but it was definitely a time that I grew um, in many different areas. Okay. And yeah. Another question to piggyback off that, because you attended Still Cop while mm -hmm. you were in St. Louis, yep, and yep. you came from Morehouse, so yeah, you went yeah. from HBCU to PWI. <laughs> what, like, since you're talking about taking lessons from each one, mm. just going from an HBCU to a PWI, what did you take from that experience? Ooh, um, I would say my experience with... Uh, my Caucasian brothers and sisters mm -hmm. stem from, you know, I grew up in the suburbs of Birmingham. So I was always that quote unquote token black guy. Um, mm -hmm. So for me, it was like going back and forth and back and forth. So me entering Morehouse, I had to adapt and say, okay, I have more brothers around me and sisters at Spelman and Clark um, that are just as good as me. Like I'm not the only one anymore. So mm -hmm. that, allow me to kind of, you know, change and grow. Um, but then entering back into this environment as an adult, this was a whole different situation because um, what it allowed me to learn is first of all, I learned to, uh, you know, have this duality and it, it's very hard for African-American brothers and sisters to learn that if you don't develop that early. So I think that's a lot of times why we have all of these different discussions and, and mm -hmm. different panel discussions and whatnot about how to get into this either corporate environment or, um, you know, workplace environment. And now you're having to learn how to do it. So for me, um, that graduate school experience allowed me to have a, a hub to understand, okay, well, now I'm going to have to learn how to um, own my, my blackness. And that's what I felt like I did at Morehouse. So when I came into PWI, I didn't have any reservations or any type of hesitation as to saying, okay, you know, I know who I am as a black man. Um, and then going into that, I didn't really have an issue about stepping forward a lot of the times. Um, so that, that's the main thing I think I learned is, um, you know, just have, being very comfortable with being a, you know, a black man and understanding that I was, was constantly having eyes on me. <laughs> um, I, I did learn that. Um, and having to accept that, you know, um, when Ferguson happened, you know, uh, there were a lot of eyes on, 
the African-American community at Stillcop and in St. Louis in general. So when you're, you know, trying to excel in this difficult program and yet you have, um, you know, leadership at your institution that don't look like you, it's, it's a navigation. It's, it's a game a lot of the times. And sometimes you just have to play the game in my opinion, but still challenge that status quo just by your actions. So showing suit um, in leadership positions, stepping up and, and performing. And that's what I felt like I did. Um, so I still have a good relationship with my institution and have recently done a, uh, they asked me to do a webinar on what I'm doing now. And, you know, I think that's the biggest thing that I've learned is keep those relationships, um, but never let them forget, you know, that you are, a, you know, a, for me in, in this situation, a, a strong black man. Um, that knows who he is, or for any of my sisters that are listening, a strong black woman. And um, I think that's where everything starts internal, in my opinion, um, having a lot of time with self. So and sorry to expand I, on that so much. No, that, no, that was great. And I, and I think what other people that are not black don't understand, yes. it's like when something like Ferguson happens, mm-hmm. you already have all of these emotions, all of the stress, all of this anger, sadness, whatever is going on while you have to perform your everyday task. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so anything like all of these triggers, you might not be able to focus while you're studying. You might not want to mm-hmm. work out. You might drink more. Like it's all of these things that are going on that nobody else is experiencing but us. Exactly. Exactly. And I think we express that a lot of times, uh, at least in my experience, we express that up there and it just wasn't taken well. Like, well, why you're just in school. Like you just take the test and you just take the exam and you just show up and well, no, like you don't understand. Like eyes Mm -hmm. are on me. I I have a certain connection with what's going on because I look like the people that, that this happened to. Um, so, but yeah, it's, you're battling a lot of different and wearing a lot of different hats. Yes, indeed. Okay. And so you decided that you wanted to do something more, you wanted to dive deeper in terms of health. You started practicing pharmacy and in your mind then, were you like, I have to meet a monetary benchmark or Mm -hmm. some kind of other benchmark before I embark on this, you know, Mm -hmm. building my own business and brand? Yeah, I think there's, this is a a huge question. I think I get a lot and a lot of entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. get, um, you know, when is the right time? And, I will preface this with saying there's never a right time, but you do have to have a timeline to say, okay, am I going to hit this number or is there a certain time where my time is more valuable than me spending time elsewhere? Because people don't see time as value. They don't see time as dollars. And that's where I saw for me personally. Um, You know, I did have you know, a little financial success. And for me personally, I, you got to remember, I was doing some coaching as I was finishing up, you know, my last years in pharmacy school. So it was... So you started then while you were still in school. Exactly. So it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't a, you know, it wasn't necessarily quote unquote coaching. Um, It was more so, hey, Brian, can you make me a meal plan? Hey, Brian, can you like write me something? And after a while, like I just started charging a little bit for it. And that's kind of how I got my foot in the door by gaining some momentum is, you know, just taking people on because people will trust you, you know? And I think that's what a lot of times entrepreneurs or potential entrepreneurs will say is like, well, I just need to wait to get my business plan done. Oh, I just need to wait to get like this in place. And a lot of times there's never a right time for anything, um, but you have to gain momentum and you have to get your foot in the door. You have to get out into the game. You is as Alan Iverson used to say, you're talking about practice, like you can't practice forever. You know, you can't practice forever. And for me personally, I think that's what allowed me to gain some traction. So to answer your question, um, I started to gain that traction in my last year of pharmacy school. And, you know, when I entered in to the practice of pharmacy, um, I hired my first business coach, you know, about three or four months after I finished. And that's when I made my first investment into myself. 
I didn't go buy a new car. I didn't go buy any new clothes. I didn't go buy any new shoes. I didn't go ball out and, and make a big down payment on a house. What most said, of us would have done. <laughs> yes. And that's what yeah. most pharmacists do. Or that's what mm-hmm. most people do when they see an influx of, of cash is that, oh, now I'm free. No, because that you're, you're, you're feeding a need that can go away in an instant. And what I saw is like, okay, I see this bigger vision. How can I make this happen? So it can set me up down the road to actually what I want to do. So it was, that was the, the biggest thing. I think the biggest, scariest thing, one of the scariest things I've ever done is make this huge, you know, four figure, um, you know, investment into this coach. And it was knowledge. It was ability. It was a strategy. It wasn't a physical thing. And people struggle with that. It's like, what am I getting? What are the bullet points? What is this? What is that? And what people have to understand is when you invest into your learning, it's just the same way as when you invest into a school or institution. You know, you, you're, you're waiting to four years down the road to get this piece of paper and letters behind your name, potentially. Why can't you do that when you are investing in your, your, your health, when you're investing in your, your learning, self-learning? Um, and that's what I did. Um, so after that, yeah, after that's, the that, word. that's some gems. Yeah. After that happened, um, my whole mindset changed. Like people saw it too. They're just like, Ryan, like, what are these words you're speaking? Like, what is this mindset stuff you're talking? Your, your voice is getting more confident. Like you're speaking out, you're speaking reverence to people. You're having me think about things I've never thought about. And it's because I started with myself and that put my foot to the fire and said, hey, you got to make this happen now because you put this money up into yourself. And what do we value most in society? Money. A lot of times it's money. Yeah. Talk about that. No one ever wants to put money up. It's either money or your time. And I said, hey, I can take another two years figuring this thing out or I can get a coach that has built a business, has the strategy, has, I have somebody to be accountable to. And that's what happened. Um, so that, when that happened, changed my business model. Um, I started charging more for my services because I was charging astronomically less. Um, mm-hmm. And I had these credentials when I had this, um, you know, knowledge base that other people saw, but I didn't see in myself. I'm like, oh, who's going to do that? Or no one's going to do that. Or, you know, that's ridiculous. But until I believed it and someone else said, hey, like, you're valuable, then that's when I started gaining some traction. I started to get, you know, bigger clients. I started to get people that actually wanted to listen to what I had to say, not just these one-offs like, oh, yeah, Brian, I forgot to do this. Or no, like, Again, I went into this to help people that are struggling, to help people that truly said, Brian, I've tried everything. I'm stressed. I'm tired. I, I don't want any more information. I had this person telling me this. Just tell me what to do. <laughs> What's the right thing? And um, that's when it just took off. It, it just took off from there. And, you know, in 2017, going into 2018. 2018 was my first full year in entrepreneurship. So fall 2017. Fall 2017. Um, So it was a trip. It was a a quick kind of turnaround. And um, it wasn't a point where, you know, I had met my salary per se, but it was a point where I could live. And I will say that I saw momentum. I saw uh, opportunity to say, if I'm doing this just on the side, what if, again, going back to time being value, if I gave this all of my time, like what, what kind of opportunities could this bring? You know, um, and pharmacy is one of those professions where it's very difficult to multitask in different, because you're stuck um, in, in the job, other jobs, maybe if you're a consultant or you're traveling or you're in this business environment where you're sitting at a desk and you can go maybe to another browser and do some other things, 
no, like we couldn't do that. So time was passing and the more time passes, it's just quicker you're putting off your dream, the quicker you're putting off the pursuit of your destiny essentially, right? So um, sorry to elaborate, but I just felt so empowered by that, that question um, to deliver whoever is listening and needs to hear that. So, And two things I took from that are mm-hmm. to just start, which we hear yes. all the time. So don't say I want to do this, but I have to breach this goal. Like just start somewhere mm-hmm. and, and set goals for when you want to achieve certain, certain benchmarks of that goal. Yeah. And also invest in yourself, not things. Mm-hmm. Those are two uh, big things that I t- took from that. Yeah. Um, an acronym that I like to use is ACF, um, which is awareness, intention, and action. So mm-hmm. are you aware of what you want, who you are? And then do you intentionally set goals do you intentionally write down and say i need to do this by this this by this this by this i intentionally say that i'm going to be a ceo i am going to be uh, you know a developer or a host of a podcast i am going to be this intentionally set what you want you know if you want a big house i i i firmly believe going to an open house like going to check it out like if you want a nice car, go test drive it. Like I've test driven some cars that I'm a car guy. So, you know, I've test driven some of those hundred thousand dollar cars. You know, I just said, Hey, you know, I just want to check this out. You know, go feel what it feels like. Go, 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 go to Ruth Chris and just, you know, treat yourself, you know, because at, at that point it becomes in your mind, like, Oh, this is normal. Oh, this isn't, this isn't that big of a deal. So you either say, this is what I want, or this is a waste of time, or this is a waste of money, you know? And then again, action. What action are you going to take to actually make that happen? This doesn't mean sitting at a computer hours and hours on end and you don't put anything out there. When it comes to a product or a service, there's called a minimum viable product, an MVP. That means the base product or the base level of service that you can put out into the market that gets people results, but it's not your final destination. The where my business started to where it is now, the software I'm using, the integrations, the automations, those weren't there. I was using Google Drive and my phone and my Mm -hmm. computer. But people don't see that. They think everything has to be perfect. They think everything has to be in place. And yes, there does have to be a sense of professionalism and organization, but at the same time, you're worried about things that other people are just like, hey, like I, I, want, I want help from Elena. I want to hear the pursuit of. I want to hear the podcast. Where is it? You know, if you don't put it out there, no one knows about anything. Right. And people's time attention span is less than five seconds. It's like two point something seconds of like, can you grasp somebody's attention with what you're doing? If not, then moving on to the next. Like, Oh, Elena doesn't have anything. Oh, Brian doesn't have anything now. Okay, cool. That's why I show up every day on social. That's why I show up every day giving inspiration. That's why I show up to events and networking events as much as I can. Because if I go away, in my opinion, I'm, I'm personally investing in my mental and physical health. So I'm okay. But again, there's people out there that need you. If you're listening to this, they need Elena. They need you that are listening. And if you're not there, what, uh, that's how I think about my business. If I don't help this person, who's going to help them? Right. <laughs> it's probably not somebody that needs to be helping them, you know? So, um, yeah, that's just my, my, and, my firm belief. So. <laughs> and me just starting this podcast on my own, yes. starting my blog, starting in pursuit of as it is. Mm-hmm kinks like we have kinks we talked about them before we even started the interview and the only way you get better is to work through them so Mm -hmm. you you start with something and you find out it doesn't work the audio doesn't work what do you go to next and there's kind of no way to perfect yourself if you don't start and you don't see and I've been in a I've been in a place waiting for everything to be perfect and if Mm. you keep doing that you like literally never start 
Yep. Because there's always going to be yeah. something in the way, right? Always. Yep. <laughs> always. Um, so you talked about you showing up every day on social, which <laughs> is so remarkable. Like mm. every day you're there, every day you're present, you're dropping gems. Mm-hmm. You're very connected. Like everything you say feels genuine. Mm-hmm. It feels like you want to do it. You want to be there. You're not just pubbing it just to pub your business. You mm-hmm. like you are showing up for your audience. Yeah. So you and you mentioned that if someone has a nine to five that doesn't yeah. allow them the time, they might not be able to connect like that. Exactly. What do you recommend for people who need to be present, need to promote themselves, but don't have the time? Yeah. Um, so a nine to five, in my opinion, um, there's, I get on guys, if you're not familiar with, or you don't follow me on social, um, you know, I'm pretty much taking people throughout my day. Now, if you're in a nine to five, my question to you is what are you doing before nine? And what are you doing at lunchtime? What are you doing in the evening? So when I talk about, when Elena talks about impact and dropping gems, it doesn't take a whole dot, you know, dot line of stories to do that. You know, if somebody knows that you're coming on first thing in the morning, 6 a.m., they can get up and expect you there and you're dropping just a morning, you know, knowledge or morning motivation, then yeah, drop that, you know, but, and then in the evening time, you're dropping a couple of stories and telling people how your day went, the struggles you had, and just being authentic. You know, people want to understand that you have struggles too, that you didn't have the best day, but now you're grinding for your five to nine, like, and people resonate with that, that it can be done. Like, man, like she's really put in work or he's really put in work. And, you know, I know that they have this other thing going on. So I would definitely say strategically, you either show mm-hmm. up early, wake up a little bit earlier. If you have a lunch break, you know, stop at your lunch, go outside, you know, tell people, hey, you know, stopping in, checking on you guys. I know I'm, you know, at the job, but, you know, I just want to check on you guys and let you know what I'm doing. You know, people want to feel connected. Um, and then after work, what are you doing? Are you going to happy hour? Or are you, you know, stuck behind your computer because you want to produce this amazing mm-hmm. thing? But the people, people don't understand that people buy people. So if you're behind the computer or behind whatever you're working on for too long of a time, and then you just pop out this thing, like, well, I haven't heard from you. And what, what is this? Like, you, what, what, what does this mean? Like, I don't understand. You know, so, but if you're showing up, just taking people throughout your life, you don't have to give them personal stuff. I may give too much of my life to, um, (laughs) uh, I don't think so. (laughs) Yeah. You know, people like to see, you know, how you do it, you know, what you do. Um, because a lot of times they can resonate with you. They're like, oh man, I have a dog too. Or, you know, I have, you know, I live in this area or, you know, whatever type of job you have, you know, that people resonate with people and people buy people. So strategically wake up early, uh, stop on your lunch break um, or in the evening times. So that's story wise. And really quick, Lena, um, as far as I don't tell people any of this, I don't know if people know about this, but um, you can definitely schedule your Mm -hmm. posts and if you batch your content. So I use Planoly. Um, That's what I found works best for me because um, you can actually automate your post. You don't have to click into the application and then go post it. You can just say, hey, you know, I want to post this at this time, automatically post to Instagram and it posts. So if you want to batch, you know, a couple of days of content, whether it be a quote and your picture or what you did in the weekend or whatever, you know, batch a couple of things and just schedule them mm-hmm. and you can go about the rest of your day and week. So. Yeah. And like you said, being authentic and people by people. So just throughout the stories you share, for instance, Mm -hmm. and it's not always about, of course, that's part of it is promoting your business and what you do. But a lot of it, like you said, is just your life and it's relatable. So Mm -hmm. if I'm going to share you singing to somebody, they're like, hey, (laughs) I like Brian. I like his voice. I want to follow him. And now that's someone that's following you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so um, I think being authentic is very important and something that 
is kind of lost a lot of times when we're talking about going into mm-hmm. business. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So what does your typical client, I know that's not, I know that you're going to say there isn't a typical client, but what are some of your clients like? Who, who are people that decide I want to invest in myself yeah. and um, hire Brian to be my mm-hmm. coach? Yeah. So um, when we're talking about gender, I would say primarily I deal with more women and my clientele are probably 80 to 85% women. Um, and that's just because I think women, I don't know if I resonate with women a little bit better or, you know, they really understand this whole wellness kind of ideal where it's a lot of self-care, but it's also physical too, because, you know, I, I definitely get it in, in the gym. So I have mm-hmm. this balance of both and I don't know, men sometimes just have this vulnerability or afraid, you know, just afraid to kind of take that leap of, I need help. And that's another area I'm trying to tap into with my men. If any men are listening to this, you know, I'm not talking about every man, but that's what I've gathered from my data. It's like, you know, a lot of men say, oh, I got it. I got this. And that's a lot of indicators to me that, hey, what else is going on, man? Are you hiding something? Because you've got to have this, you've got to be a man. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to be fit. I'm supposed to have it all together, you know, and I think that's, and maybe why my disparities will be different and, uh, you know, who I speak to. But uh, women, um, age group-wise, um, typically between around 25 to uh, 45 is kind of my age range. But a lot of millennials, so a lot of late 20s, early 30s, and that's just because my peers kind of resonate with me and they're wanting to learn, you know, how I'm doing this and how I can help them. Um, so that's kind of my age range. Um, but... Disparity-wise, you know, when it comes to, you know, Caucasian, African-American, Hispanic, that, that ranges all the way across the board. Um, mm-hmm. But a lot of them, as far as what they do, um, they are busy professionals. So they are people that are in their, their jobs, typically their stable jobs. Uh, so I've had pharmacists, I've had physicians, I have a hairstylist, I have consultants, um, you know, project managers, a lot of sedentary jobs sometimes. So people are sitting behind the desk uh, day to day. So people that are looking to kind of say, Hey, like I'm okay, but I I need to get myself together physically and mentally, you know? So um, that's typically my, my ideal client, if you want to say. Okay. And when some, if someone is interested that's listening to this podcast, what services do you offer them? What does the coaching entail? Yeah. Uh, so I have one-off consultations, which pretty much brings you into the fold of, you know, what I do. So that's a one-on-one consultation. It's 90 minutes. It takes you, and we kind of take you along this journey of, Hey, you know, what are you dealing with? First of all, so I have uh, intake questionnaires. What's, Mm -hmm. what's the problem? Where do you want to be and how we're going to get there? Those are the three questions I typically ask. And after that, we provide you an action plan. So you'll get access to my client portal um, to where you have easy access of communication and all your documentation are uploaded there. And from there, you get this action plan and you take it forth from there. And I do one coach initiated follow-up. So that's kind of a person that says, hey, you know, I just want to get started with something. And, you know, I don't know if I want accountability or this full commitment yet, but Brian, I definitely want some information from you. So that's that. Mm -hmm. Um, another thing is I have a free four day and I, I'll give it to Elena as far as the link It's a free four day kind of mind and body reset. So it has a full, this is something that I just give to people that are wanting to kind of just reset their mind and body of, Hey, I want to, you know, clean up my diet a little bit with some, you know, recipes and a routine um, that I can do with my nutrition. And from there, we can talk about it further. So that's what I like to give to people. I give Elena the link if anybody's, anybody wants to download that yeah. uh, in the show notes. And I will, inc- yeah, I will include that for sure. Awesome, awesome. Um, and then my big kind of um, coaching, uh, my coaching starts at three months. So that's a three-month commitment. And what I found is, hey, you know, give me three months minimum because that's where I found the most change actually happens. You know, I've, I've tried the four weeks, 30 days. I've tried you know, the, the, the six weeks challenges, which I do have a challenge that's kind of getting ready to go on starting uh, first thing in March, which is 21 days. And it's another entry point for people to come in 
Um, but my mainstay coaching is a minimum three months. And then we take you along this full journey of transforming your body, um, you know, finding what foods work for you, uh, what's irritating you, you know, how much you should be intaking, um, you know, how you're going to eat out and still enjoy, you know, food out with friends, drinks out with friends and still stay mm -hmm. on your regimen. Um, I think that's the biggest thing that I've seen people struggle with is like, okay, I can stick to this meal plan, right? I can meal prep. I'm doing it every Sunday, but oh man, like I've got this event I got to go to. My girlfriend's yeah. got this thing and, you know, the girls want to go out to happy hour and that's perfectly fine. So that's been a huge kind of win for a lot of my clients is to say, hey, like I have a peace of mind now to go out and know what to pick on a menu without looking awkward. Um, you know, not having to starve myself because there's quote unquote nothing to eat out um, that's in my, you know, meal plan that my other coach, you know, events any other coaches, but any trainers, or other coaches out there. Um, and that's what balance is. That's what life is. And, you know, Elena, you know, Elena sees me what uh, I eat sometimes yeah. on my stories <laughs> and stuff. I'm, yeah. I'm grubbing out, but then also, you know, that's maybe 20%, 20, 30%, if that. Um, so the rest of the time, I'm just being mindful of what I'm putting in my body. So do I have enough fruits and veggies for the day? Am I drinking enough water? Am I getting, you know, some form of protein intake in each meal? Um, what does my carb intake look like, you know, um, across the board? So what is a carb? What is a protein? What is a fat? People hear these terms, but they have no idea where they're coming from. They think they're eating healthy. And, but in reality, uh, one of my clients, you know, she's a physician actually, and love her to death. Um, and she made a huge transformation um, last year. But, you know, she was snacking on craisins. And, you know, that's sugar carbs, essentially, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so she was snacking on craisins. And uh, I told her to count it for one or two days. And she said, I didn't know that was like 50 or 60 carbs in what I was eating. It's like, yeah. So you have to understand from a base level of you know, what does a carb look like? What does a protein look like? So when you go out to eat, you know to put the cheese on the side because that's a fat. You know, hey, you know, hold the cheese, just put it on the side, I'll sprinkle a little bit on myself. Put the dressings on the side for the salad, you know, put them on yourself. Um, you know, where are the fats in the extra sauces and carbs and other things coming from so you can manipulate that when you go out the best? So when I'm going out to a bar and I want something to drink, I'm not feeling with a, a Jack and Coke. I like my stuff neat. Give it to me neat. You know, yeah. I just, uh, those are the types of things, you know, get a vodka tonic, get a vodka water. Um, you know, if you're having a margarita, I love margaritas. So enjoy the margarita. I'm sorry. <laughs> me too. Me too. <laughs> you, can't even, you can't even do that. I mean, skinny margaritas are out there, but uh, hey. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's, those are the main things of how, service bases I, I do is one-on-one -on -one consultations. Um, I do have challenges throughout the year and my mainstay coaching, which starts at a three month commitment going from there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And what motivates you daily overall? What made it motivates you to continue to strive to be the best you can for your clients, mm -hmm. to grow your business, to stay healthy? What yeah. are some core things that keep you going every day? Yeah. Um, my ultimate goal is to see my, my, my parents um, finally change. And that's a point when it's so hard where you're changing all these other people and you text mom and mom's like, I'm trying, I'm trying. And mm -hmm. you know, she's going to these doctor's appointments and I'm just like, you know, oh, hey, switch my blood pressure medication again. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, they don't need to switch you. You're such on a low dose that just you change little things. So what keeps me going is, is for me, um, you know, digging into a deeper why, um, you know, how many people can I help that will get this revelation, this aha moment. And each person that, that texts me that even if they're not a client of mine, even if they're following on, on social and they say, Hey, Brian, like I was watching your story the other day and I saw that you, put this in your food instead of this. And like at the end of the week, I lost two pounds. I'm like, yes, you know, just from that. Just yeah, from that. Just from that. So yeah. those little bitty wins, as I call them, um, I don't like losses. I like improvements. I like improvement points. 
Um, so, hey, what's an improvement point that we can have this week? You know, what can you improve this week? Not what are the losses, um, but yeah, that's what motivates me every day. It's first my, my family, how can I touch them um, to finally mm-hmm. change? And what I've realized is, um, you know, they're not going to change because they're so deeply rooted in what they were raised on. But what I found is, hey, like, if they see these other people changing from their son's impact on them, then, hey, like, I don't want to be left out. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm mom. I'm dad. Right. You know, I'm brother. Um, and that's, that's what I've had to learn to impact them is to just help more people. And as a result, they will change because no one wants to feel like they're left out of what's going on. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't want to feel like they're figuring it out <laughs> and uh, everyone else is getting these successes and wins. So. So even that's if you have to go about it that way, you're like, if that's what it has to be to impact mm. the people closest to me, then yeah, that that's, that's what motivates you. Yeah. Um, that, that's seriously what motivates me. Uh, from from a root deep, deeply mm-hmm. rooted as just family um, and, and just the people that are uh, you know continuously trying to find a solution and if I don't show up again what I said before you know where they find these answers you know who right. is helping them so and you talked about your journey uh, yeah. just and and the things that you had to do to get where you are yeah but. Yeah. It's not always easy. So what have been some of the biggest challenges with um, like personal challenges, challenges Ooh. with clients, with the business, just if you want to touch on some of those. Oh, that's, that's an amazing question. I'm glad you asked that. Uh, Cause it's not easy road. We've been talking about glitz and glamor and the good things and what you should do, what happens right. when things go wrong. And uh, the first lesson I had to learn um, was I had to sacrifice a lot of luxuries that my peers, uh, people my age were starting to indulge in, um, you know, going out as much as I wanted to, you know, the happy hours and stuff. Like I had to cut back on that. Um, mm-hmm. Not just because I didn't, I wanted to work on the business, but financially I had to learn that if you're going to have a business, if you want something bigger and what, if you want something that most people don't have, you got to do what most people don't do, which is, Hey, I'm going to invest this $30. I was going to spend a happy hour back into the business and run it on Facebook ads. You know, I'm going to invest this, you know, night hour or trip or whatever to, you know, something else, another application for my business. Um, and that's the biggest thing I had to learn is, you know, I, I like fashion. Like I, I, I love dressing nice. I love, you know, the nice things and, I just had to learn like, Hey, like I got to cut back on that. So for throughout the 2018, my first year in entrepreneurship, I did not shop at all. I didn't buy one thing for myself. Wow. (laughs) One thing. Nope. I had all the suits I had from, you know, I have quality suits I had all the shoes I needed. Um, You know, I had my workout stuff and the people see me still, they're like, Brian, like, you know, you're getting it in, but like, you know, you're still wearing cutoff shirts. It's like, yeah, I, I, yep. I, I, I'm, yeah, I am. <laughs> so until, you know, I do have my clothing line and whatnot, that's going to be making a resurgence this year. But at the end of the day, you know, I haven't impacted people. That's not important to me. You know, how I look, you know, right now, I still present myself in a certain way, but I'm, I'm feeling something that's not going to help anybody else. You know, I, I, I'm not there yet. Until I can go and, and purchase something and do something and it's not going to make a dent, <laughs> then yeah, I'll, I'll do it. Um, but that was the main thing that I had to learn first off is I had to cut back on personal expenses. You got to. If you're going to go into something, got to do it. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt because you like to live a certain way. You like nice things. You like going out. You don't want to say no. Um, yeah. Your friends are going to judge you a little bit. They're going to, you're going to wonder where you went. Um, yeah. But again, but again, <laughs> again mm-hmm. what I find is those people that were asking those questions are now the one watching my stories. Now the ones asking me, hey, Brian, I'm going to start this thing. What do I need to do? You got to do what most people don't do. And those people 
will eventually gravitate towards you because again, they see other people being attracted to you. And they're like, I don't want to be left out. That's my friend. That's my friend. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Who are you? <laughs> who are right. you? Who are you? Right. You know? So again, you got to see the bigger picture in mind. Uh, so that's one. Uh, second thing, personally, um, first year this year, I didn't go home for any holidays. Uh, that hurt the most. Um, uh-huh. I didn't go home for Thanksgiving. I didn't go home for Christmas. I didn't go visit. And most people might question that, but I needed self time. Um, you know, family still has questions about what I'm doing. Um, family still kind of has their own issues they're dealing with. And I had to protect my energy so I can mm, serve and show up big. And yeah. most people aren't willing to do that either. They, they, they don't protect their own. They feel like it's selfish. You know, if I don't do this, other people are going to be hurt. But what about you? What's your bigger vision? Because in grand scheme of things, I had to learn mom, dad aren't always going to be there, unfortunately. Um, some friends aren't always going to be there. So who are the people around me that I can surround myself with or attract or put myself in their space? Uh, so that's another thing I had to learn um, was just to protect my energy. Um, failures. Had some big ones, um, investment-wise, money-wise. Um, you know, I had to learn, hey, like, <laughs> tax season. <laughs> um, first year in entrepreneurship. Uh-huh. I had to, uh, let's just get real here. Um, you know, each quarter you got to file sales tax. And I think I, I forgot to put the date in my calendar or something like that. And even if you don't have something, you still have to file. So for me, my service, I don't have to, you know, char- I don't start charge sales tax on my service. Um, so I think of one month or so I had, uh, you know, nothing Then I was like, oh, okay, I forgot. And an IRS came knocking and said, hey, you owe us like $2,500. And I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> um, so that was one thing. And just being real with you guys to let you know what is you know, what this thing is all about. It's about navigating. So I had to call them and say, no, I just forgot to, you know, file. Um, these are, you know, my services, whatnot. And they're like, oh, okay, you know, we'll, we'll readjust and, you know, just make sure you file. You have to pay a late penalty, which I think was like 50 or hundred bucks or whatever. So again, seeing that hit, I'm like, whoa, hold up. now I got mm-hmm. to, so that's another thing. Finances again. Uh, I think I'm very, good with managing but again you have a lot of moving parts you got to separate personal from business and learn how to navigate and like pay yourself essentially whether it be bi-weekly monthly and say hey i'm gonna pay myself this time and 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 work off what you got you got a business so um, i think those are the main three things uh, for me uh, protecting my energy um, learning how to say no and sacrificing personal expenses and then finally uh, managing business expenses um, were in business in general was just a learning curve so okay well we we started 2019 we're still we're almost in march yeah so almost almost to the point in march um what do you see for the rest of 2019 what do you have planned Mm. um Yeah. yeah what do you what do you have coming up my goal, and I hate to do New Year's resolutions, but one of my big um, kind of, I guess, goals per se, for let's just call it that, uh, for 2019 was to get more speaking engagements, get more in front of people, telling them my story, telling them my beliefs, telling my morals and why this is important. And uh, my first one was the webinar um, that I did for St. Louis College of Pharmacy on the pharmacist's approach to holistic care. And that got really good traction in delivering it to pharmacists of what this looks like. Um, my second is jumping on here. Um, so getting more podcasts. Uh, I have a lineup for March where I'll be speaking at the um, Urban League and in here in Dallas. So I'll be speaking there as one of their, their panelists on um, just holistic care, gut health, and uh, just natural health in general. And, kind of tying that into mental health as well. 
So mm-hmm. I'll be doing that at the end of March and we're kind of getting that together and getting some things uh, lined up. And uh, for the fall, I will be speaking at um, uh, American Society of Consultant Pharmacists annual 50th annual conference here in uh, Grapevine, Texas, which is right outside of Dallas. So I'm already kind of trying to get the word out there more um, versus just having this kind of business service, coaching, all that kind of stuff and developing myself more into a thought leader. So that is one of my goals. Um, I have my spring apparel launch, if we want to talk about business stuff coming um, in, in March, where I'll be providing uh, Envision Health Apparel, uh, but also a lot of different other you know, sayings and, and verbiage centered around holistic health and, and mental care as mental health as well. Uh, so people can rep that. Um, I do have my spring 21 day challenge that I'll be doing in March. Um, and that will be available uh, to people as well after the fact, if you're not able to get into it. So be more of a self-paced program. Um, But going forth, I'm looking to do, and I haven't announced this yet, but uh, I will announce it here. Um, I I am for May, I am looking to put on my first event. Um, I want to do a women's health event. Um, and then for June, I want to do a men's health event. So if we can lead off with the women uh, for kind of Mother's Day, May, um, and then June, kind of get the brothers together and put together this, this event. Um, and then we'll see about a boot camp as well to get the fitness going here in Dallas. And hopefully um, this will gravitate around the nation. And my goal is to kind of make this a worldwide movement, uh, which I have had international clients. But, um, you know, my ultimate dream would have this retreat uh, where it'd be just health, wellness, fitness. And we're talking about our goals as entrepreneurship. Even if you're not an entrepreneur, don't want to be, we're just all here together. And uh, it's just this ultimate wellness retreat. And we have different segments and and, uh, that's kind of my big vision for this and and create this community uh, around this whole vision that I have. And I have no doubt that you will do it. <laughs> and I'll yeah. be waiting and looking forward to it. And mm-hmm. I am just so appreciative for you taking the yeah. time out of your busy day to be on um, this episode. Just uh, with me starting in pursuit of. Yeah. And uh, you have give, like given me so many gems just <laughs> on, you know, this this conversation. So, yeah. I'm sure everyone can take something away from it. Mm -hmm. Um, Tell the audience where to find you. Of course. So thank you so much for having me on here, Lena. That really means a lot uh, once you reached out, guys. But um, where you can find me is um, primarily on social. It's at Dr. McEldery. So that's D-R, my last name, M-C-E-L-D-E-R-R-Y. That is my Instagram handle and my Twitter handle, which I am getting back on Twitter now and providing, you know, daily motivation on that platform and transferring on the Instagram. On Facebook, uh, it's just my name. So you can type in Dr. Brian McEldery. uh, And I'm on LinkedIn active as well. Um, And if you want to visit my business website, uh, it's Envision Health, and that's Envision with a Z. So E-N-V-I-Z-I-O-N health.com. And of course, you want to reach out to me. I'm pretty sure Elena will have all my information in the show notes. And and if you want to reach out to her and let us connect, we can do that. But uh, yeah. And I'm sorry we didn't talk about it, but you have a podcast as well. (laughs) Yes. I'm sorry. We like glazed over that. We were having such a good conversation. So um, just quickly share what you discuss on your podcast and, and send people there. Yeah, yeah. So my podcast is called the Evolve You Podcast. Um, and we discuss health, business, and personal development to evolve you into the best version of yourself. So uh, myself, I have solo episodes on there where I'm giving different topics. I have one, one of my, I think the biggest ones was imposter syndrome. I think that's one that people really struggle with. Um, and then I bring on guests from different avenues of health, business, personal development, and how uh, they're they're kind of evolving throughout their journey and, you know, giving you some gems as well. So uh, yeah, if you guys want to check it out, um, it's Evolve You, E-V-O-L-V-E, and then the letter U podcast. 
Thank you again. Yes. Thank you again. And um, I will talk to you later and be looking forward to everything that you have going on this year and in the future. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to episode four of the In Pursuit of podcast featuring Dr. Brian McEldry. This podcast is created and produced by myself, Alina Melton. The podcast is available on all of your favorite platforms. Please follow the show's Instagram page at underscore in pursuit of. For questions, comments, show or guest suggestions, please email imimpursuitof at gmail.com. Don't forget to like, follow, and share the page as well as the podcast. Again, thanks for listening and don't forget to write a five-star review.